Number five. Our guests today are Andrew Sanford and Joe Cavity, creators of a new comic called Gwendolyn. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet podcast. I am Jason McClellan. With me, as always, is my good buddy, Caleb Hanks. Oh, hey. And the female Caleb Hanks. Oh, wait. Come on. Don't insult me. <laughs> no, no. That's our good friend, Maureen Ellsbury, joining us today. So we uh, thought we'd have a little fun here. It's been quite a few weeks since we've done a podcast. We've got a lot of catching up to do. So Caleb, I know you've been a crazy busy son of a gun. What have you been up to? Man, everything. I uh, I spent 10 total hours in a car with my brother Micah Hanks um, a couple days ago. That was interesting. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Someone should. Someone should. Uh, yeah, One Hanks brother is a lot to deal with. Two, I, I don't know how anybody we, could survive that. We've definitely had to suffer through it. Try, try being one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine. That's a lot to live with. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Uh, yeah, I've just been, uh, you know, kicking it. I got the uh, Clerk Chronicles uh, webcomic started, which I'm sure all ten of my fans have uh, already seen by now. Okay, nine nine fans. I think, yeah, ten is, is a little, you're pushing it. It's a little but, generous. Uh, nine, yeah, for sure. And I, I do want to point out that we do uh, talk comics later in the show today, our interviews with some cool guys who've got a new comic coming out, um, Andrew and Joe. We talk with them and our friend Ryan Sprague. Um, so that's coming up later in the show. We'll talk about their comic, Gwendolyn, kind of this dark, interesting comic, and the interview takes some awkward and awesome turns so stay tuned to that but uh sorry didn't mean to interrupt you talking about the marvelous clerks oh yeah yeah i mean there's there's only one of them it's, yes, it's not clerk. plural but uh well you know i'm i'm more of a fan of of clerks sorry no no offense to you but no that's fine it's it's a be- much better production overall <laughs> but uh i don't know yeah what what have you been doing buddy oh man well maureen and i just wrapped up the international ufo congress that always uh, takes a, a large chunk of our lives, and yeah. uh, it's always a good time. You were there last year with us. I was. Um, but, it was uh, very fun. Always fun hanging out with people, and uh, you know, it was great. It was one of the first times we've had a chance to hang out with our buddy Aaron Sagers. Aaron Sagers is a, a big geek himself and uh, big into the geek scene. He's regularly uh, moderating panels at things like Comic-Con and Kind of lives the, the geek's dream life. I'm jealous of Aaron, but uh, we'll have Aaron on the show sometime in the future. But, uh, yeah, you, as you learned last year, one of the, the best best things, uh, as far as we're concerned, is the, the hangout time and just the, the time getting to spend with fellow geeks talking about all sorts of interesting topics and smoking cigars and drinking alcohol. 
Yeah, my favorite part of the uh, Congress, arguably, was always the war room nights where we'd all be sitting around the big round table just getting crazy, letting the conversation go wherever. Now, how did they get the name War Room? Is that Lee Spiegel? I think that must have been Lee Spiegel that came up with that one. Yeah. Lee I Spiegel, don't know. Lee Spiegel loved to call it the War Room, and for some reason it, it took on that name, and it's always called the War Room now. But we definitely did spend our fair share of time there uh, this trip, and I would like to note, Caleb, that thank you. God, you weren't there because this year I did not get kicked out of the casino. <laughs> yeah, well, YOLO. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's always she, more she, fun she, when you, I'm She YOLO'd last year, not this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, in the event that I had been there, it probably would have just become even more insane than it was last time I was. But, uh, you know, Maureen, since we don't ever have you here on the show, uh, everybody, I'm sure you've uh, heard of Miss Ellsbury. She's uh, you're famous, aren't you now? Oh yeah, no, so famous. I, I have to fight. What do you mean off. now? She's always been famous. <laughs> I mean, she didn't come out of the womb famous. She begs to Are differ. You <laughs> so, so, so always is a broad term. But uh, what what's that show you're on now called? I, what I keep spacing out? Spacing out. <laughs> no, the other one. All right, the other one is called Uncovering Aliens, and it's currently being bounced around a lot of discoveries networks animal planet science channel and destination america i'm gonna film my own show that's just called uncovering aliens uh and it's just me just uh taking the bed covers off of sleeping aliens (laughs) i think that could be a hit but now that you've said that and you've said it on the show i'm gonna hold you to that all right i want to see it done i want to see what you come up with i'll film it right after we get done with the podcast all right, you do that, and I'm envisioning something, you know, like Haley Joel Osment pulling the covers down, and you're all, I see aliens. Well, actually, that reminds me of the Instagram photo that Aaron Sager has posted with the gift we gave him right before leaving the Congress of an alien in his bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where'd you find an alien? Oh, the you back know. The my trunk. Yeah, in, in the... Lo- line of work we're in we get lots of interesting things and the good good folks at uh, abduction wine sent us a bunch of inflatable aliens that have the abduction wine logo on it and uh so we gave the one of those to aaron sagers and he appropriately blew it up and put it in bed with him and took a picture Giorgio sukalos is going to be pissed at you maureen he's been looking for aliens all over the place and you had one in your trunk oh i've got like 40 in my trunk right now Wow. So doesn't um, everybody not all blown up though. <laughs> there's something I could say to that, but I'm not gonna say it. Probably should. I don't I'm anyway. I'll just let you stew on what I was thinking there for a while. But what have you been up to, Maureen? I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I've just been really busy. I mean, I was traveling a lot for that show and obviously uh our work sucks the lifeblood out of us. So outside of that, um not too much, just hanging out and uh, preparing for crazy adventure trip in a couple of weeks to Belize. Oh, wow. That's going to be fun. How long are you going to be there? Two weeks, unless I get eaten by a shark in the meantime. Bring your shark repellent like the Adam West Batman movie. There you go. Well, she's going to bring cameras with her, and uh, if she does get eaten by a shark or, or any other life mishaps, um, we'll be sure to have the video for that and put it on Rogue Planet. Please Heck do. Heck yeah. So um, this is completely out of context. It's out of nowhere. But I decided that if I didn't tell this story on the Rogue Planet podcast, then nobody would ever know that this really happened. And I have a very bizarre story that I have to tell. 
I can't wait. Go for it. I might have mentioned something about it on a previous podcast, but this is the full skinny. Okay, so a couple years back, I, w- I was, like, in love with this girl, and so she told me to come to this place called the Orange Peel in Asheville. Maybe I have told this story, but I'll tell it again. And uh, so I went there. It was this thing called, called an air guitar competition. Have I ever told you about this, Jason? You've mentioned it. Okay, so... It was called an air guitar competition, and they just told me they're like, "Hey, man, if you do this for, uh, if you do this, if you sign up to do air guitar, we'll let you in for free." And I was like, "That's ten dollars I can spend on booze." So hell yeah, sign me up. So I go into the place, and the girl introduces me to her boyfriend. So I'm immediately crushed, and I'm like, "I'll take out my frustrations with air guitar." So I roll up on stage. You are and, such a nerd, dude. I know it wasn't. I didn't. It wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to do, but it was just the the tool I'd been given at the moment. So I roll up on stage and rock this thing, and I actually won the air guitar competition. Well, what I didn't know was that it was like a really big performance art deal, and it's actually like huge. It's all over the world. And so I won this thing, and they were like, okay, man, you're going to do the finals in Washington, D.C. I'm like, what? And so they like gave me money, and I went to Washington, D.C. to perform air guitar in front of 1,200 people at the 930 Club. And I was my uh, name was the Electric Testicle, and um, and I had some street. Of course, cred. yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? And so I had some street cred because uh, some street cred. That's what the kids say these days. Some street credit uh, because I had I had won this thing just kind of walking in off the street. And then I went up on stage and performed a Dragon Force song, and they just booed me off the stage. I was terrible. Oh, that's so harsh. But. I didn't really realize like how big of a deal it was, like the whole performance art thing. I mean, there's guys that like do this for a living, and I was like, yeah, I'll get up there. And but my gimmick as the electric testicle was I had one of those little like stick-on lights that you hit, and it just lights up. And I put it down there on the uh, on my leg, and so at the start of the song, I was like, click, and lit up my ball. Your one ball. My one ball. It was not. It's not the electric testicles. It was only one of them. <laughs> so so that happened. And uh, what have you done with that mild fame you accomplished? I uh, I ended up becoming friends with this guy who's the drummer of the Ultimate Fake Book, uh, and he was on the Nothing to Write Home About podcast with Matt Pryor of the Get Up Kids recently talking about when he went to the 930 Club and performed the air guitar thing. And he talked about like the night that I was even there and all this stuff and like, he went on to go win the like world championship in like Sweden or Switzerland or something of air guitar. And I don't know, it was sponsored by Boone's farm and I drank a bunch of Boone's farm and there's like pictures of me in an American, (laughs) on an American gladiators t-shirt on the internet. And there's like, there's video of me doing the song and there's literally, it's like, can you imagine? It's like a worst nightmare. You're in front of 1200 people. There are balconies filled to the brim with people and you're on stage and you have nothing to dazzle them with. You are just, like, naked. I am most definitely Googling that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Just look up the Electric Testicle 930 Club. I don't know what year it was. It was, like, four years ago? I don't remember. Isn't there a show now out where the whole premise is air guitar and air instruments? Like, competition show? God, I hope not. I think there is. Probably, and they probably have video from your performance, and they use that to, like... <laughs> Yeah, the, laugh. yeah, that's what the, the this is what, not, videos. what yeah. not to do. Like the new version of The Voice, but air guitar. Well, I, 
I wow. think I probably I think I probably would have done better if see the system is like all the guys that kicked ass at the gears at the prior competition uh they get to pick like first and you're literally drawn out of a hat out of like 30 people. So I was like second out of like 30 people. So the people that were at the show, you know, they obviously the first people that go on they're going to hate. It's like a performance to them. All the guys at the end are going to be the the grand finale. So whatever, my days at the electric testicle are over. I think you should reprise that role. I might. We'll see what happens. All right, we've got to. Uh, yeah, again, that's another wonderful nugget that could could go on uh, RoguePlanet.tv. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put up the. I'll put the video up on the website. I keep saying that. I'm always like, yeah, play the show. I'll, I'll put the video up, and then I never do. I will. I will do this. You never do. Because I know you're worried that you're just going to tank the site. Yeah, I know. I do actually have some video of Crazy Tom Banana Pants uh, playing now, though. So I, I know put... you said you were going to put it on the site. I, I, I will Such now. a liar. I'm really... You know my favorite thing about um, the website right now is um, Ryan's... Um, his, his avatar? His, yeah. His... Uh, yeah. <laughs> He, he's so funny because he asked me, like, how do I change that? That's, like, for me, looking very, like, oh, it's such a homoerotic picture. <laughs> so, yes. Yes, it is, Ryan. I just, nothing against them. I love Ryan to death, and we are very good friends, but in this picture, he just looks no, like Chris thought, Angel's little I brother. I thought he had changed that quite a while ago, but, y- yes, no, that that is a fantastic description, Chris Angel's little brother. I'm, I'm dying to it, see this. It totally does. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. I love you, man. That's a great picture. Yep. If you oh, want to feel better, if, and if you're listening and you want to feel better about your, your picture there, look at any picture of me on Facebook. I have this horrifying tendency to when I see a camera to make the most horrific face ever. Like is it, isn't that your normal face? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> my normal face is that thing where my neck is trying to eat my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, Caleb, let's talk about news. What do you want to let's, talk about in the news? Let's let's breeze through some things. Uh, we were talking a little bit before this current podcast about the return of Heroes, the 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 famed show. Is it famed? I mean, it's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> They've made it big because they're on Netflix. Exactly. Oh, my God. Hold on, real quick side note. Have you guys seen the trailer for Zombievers? What? No. Is that a porn? Uh, it sh- Maybe. I don't know. I haven't, seen the- <laughs> I haven't seen the Red Band trailer. Maybe it is. But, uh, yeah, Zombievers. It's zombie beavers. It's one of these just like... <laughs> It looks amazing, dude. I mean, it's like amazing in that it looks horrible, like the worst movie ever, like that Sharknado genre stuff. Hold like, on, oh, I, I love it. Amazing. Yeah, no, the, the sci- sci-fi original movies are like, I, I, I'm just such a fan of that crap. That's what I'm saying. Like, Sharknado was incredible, but this yeah. movie looks like it will at least be on par with it. It looks really, really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't heard anything about it. I'll have to look it up because I love that kind of stuff. You know, sci-fi does a great job with that. Um, with all of their ridiculous mashups, their Crocosaurus and everything like that. So yeah, I haven't heard about this, but the the trailer looks amazing because it's like these like red eyed evil puppet beavers, and then like 
this woman gets bitten by one and then she starts turning into a zombie beaver and grows these giant teeth. Oh, it's so good. That is excellent. I love that sort of terrifying yet comedic, just ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. But it does sound like a really bad porn. Oh, yeah. It, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll do a spinoff porn. Maybe the movie is porn. I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of that um, uh, tooth or teeth movie. Yeah. Where yeah, it's about the vagina, vagina dentata. Yeah. It's, I saw. What is it called? It's called teeth. like, it, it's called teeth. It's called teeth. Yeah. Really ter- terrible movie about vagina that's like alive and has teeth and bites members off. Um, I mean, most vaginas are alive. You said, it's like, wait, why are we specifying that it's alive? Like, okay, I'm going to stop talking about this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You might want to have a doctor check that out. I think your vagina's dead. (laughs) If I had a quarter for every time I said that to somebody. (laughs) You need to go to the hospital because I think your vagina's dead. (laughs) Better give it CPR. No, 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 you don't ever do that. Um, You don't? (laughs) No, not if it's dead. (laughs) I wonder if anybody's ever used that as a line. I think my vagina's dead. It might need CPR. (laughs) Well, if you insist. And kids, that's how I met your mother. Well, I'm glad that this has happened on the podcast. <laughs> well, that's what podcasts are for, and that's why you drink alcohol on podcasts, because you oh. never know what to expect. Exactly. Well, thank you for bringing up that little bit. I'm definitely going to check that out, and I'll probably post the uh, the trailer on the website, because that is right up my alley for the kind of crap that I love. So look into that. I actually haven't seen any episodes of Heroes, so I can't talk about it. I mean, I know it... Uh, has been talked about very well, and it's the kind of stuff I like. I just, I don't have time to watch all these shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, Heroes, in my experience, the the first season was, like, really, really engaging, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. Uh, but, I, you know, the the characters were incredible. My favorite was the kind of main guy, Peter Petrelli. He could, like, literally just get any anybody that was that had supernatural abilities, he could, like, get near them or touch them and like get their power and so he ended up in like an alternate reality and the show became like the most powerful dude in the world but like by the end of the series well I can't I don't want to give anything away for people that that haven't seen it but don't spoil actually my favorite part of the show though was uh Zachary Quinto as the bad guy Siler because he was just so damn funny even though he was very maniacal I've been binge watched the first season and yeah he was the best character and I think that's really what skyrocketed him into uh, fame, and now we got him as Spock. So. I didn't know he was on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, did either of you guys see him in uh, American Horror Story? I sure did. He was amazing I, in that. Yeah. yeah keep, so creepy. That. Creepy as shit. Yeah, he's awesome in that. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. And actually, it was funny because uh, in last year, I think toward the end of last year, um, I was in New York with our colleague Alejandro, and uh, we were walking in the theater district, and he walked right by Zachary, like, because he's got a show on Broadway. And, uh, yeah, that's like the one one celebrity we, he saw while we were there. And he reached out, snatched some of his hair, and cloned him. 
No, his his girlfriend did go running after him, but <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. Of course she did. What else is in the news? Um, I'll only touch on this briefly because it's kind of a downer. But rest in peace, Harold Ramis, man. That was such bad news today. That brought me down. It kind of killed my whole day. Yeah, I know, man. I mean, we this and. I know this is a retarded thing to say or a bizarre thing to say. That that was politically incorrect for me to say. Anyway, this is a weird thing for me to say. Um, but I said earlier in the year on Facebook, because when you put it on Facebook, it makes it real. Um, <clears throat> I was like, I'm not omniscient, but I have a feeling that February is going to be quite brutal. And we've lost Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, at least over here, there's been like insane. Well, there was like insane snow all over the majority of the United States and car wrecks and crazy pandemonium. And then Harold Ramis dying. And for me personally, the, I've had a lot of friends that have had family members pass and things like that and some pretty bad tragedies. And I'm just like, whoa, maybe I am mildly um, uh, in tune with the universe, but probably not. Now I'm depressed. So officially depressed to bring things back up on um, a happy note. Well, I just want to stay on this for a second and uh, not to put you guys on the spot, but and without doing research and verifying facts, do you guys have a favorite Harold Ramis movie? Pretty much all of them, but yeah, uh, that's difficult. obviously yeah. Ghostbusters, but dude, I think a really well, it's I an mean, acting role for me. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to hard to beat Ghostbusters. Um, Stripes, man, Stripes was so funny. I just loved how in that movie, like him and Bill Murray were just kind of these two kind of like hipster for that area era dudes that just like get into the military, don't really know what they're doing, and then they just like steal this giant tank mobile thing and then bring some girls and just kind of party, and then they end up like getting into like all this trouble. It's awesome. Something more recent, I. Loved his portrayal of Seth Rogen's dad on Knocked Up. Mm-hmm. This oh, yeah. total, like, kind of stoner father. Well, what really, like, bums me out, like, just initially, obviously, Harold, like, not being around, but also, too, we've been sitting around waiting and hoping for Ghostbusters exactly. 3 mm-hmm. for, like, so long, and it's, like, that it's never going to happen now. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't read it. I saw that uh, Bill Murray and, and Dan Aykroyd have released statements, but I haven't haven't read them yet, so I'm curious to see what they had to say. But yeah, you know, you wait around too long and you lose opportunities, and that's that's such a bummer. Hopefully, this will kick him in the ass, and they'll uh, put out Ghostbusters three in his honor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Bill was like so adamantly opposed to doing a third movie for the longest time, but yeah. maybe maybe now he'll stop being a a bungus. A bungus. A bungus, it's kind of like, it's a butt. A bungus among us. <laughs> I've actually said that very same thing multiple uh, times. I believe you have. <laughs> if, you, if bungus is coming out of your mouth, yes. <laughs> I know right. bungus never so, comes out of my mouth. <laughs> if your mouth doesn't go into a bungus. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, you were talking about, uh, talking about happier things. What were you, what, where were you going with that? <clears throat> I honestly didn't have anything. I was just trying to get us to a happy place. All, All right. right. Well, I'm going to take us to a happy place because there was something random and awesome, and I love these stories, and I'm definitely going to put it on the website uh, very soon. Uh, There was an awesome video that was posted today of this incredibly weird-looking Chinese 
musical instrument. Oh, yeah, I did see Shang. that. And it's reportedly one of the oldest Chinese musical instruments. It's this, like, wind instrument you blow into and has keys you play it. There's a woman who plays the Super Mario Brothers theme on it and even has, like, the sound of, like, collecting coins, and it's pretty epic. So I'll get that on the website. People, if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out. If you're a Mario fan, if you're a, a, a geeky person, you'll appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I totally uh, forgot, man. There's been some really big developments in the Marvel movie universe recently. Well, I know you keep up on that, so is there anything in particular you want to talk about? Uh, sure. Just two things, really. Um, number one, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer is yeah. uh, is out, and it looks awesome. I'm really glad that they're kind of taking a more humorous approach with this one, because everything else has been like... I mean, obviously, Iron Man has a lot of elements of comedy and stuff like that with Robert Downey Jr., but like this one seems to be like really comedy-driven, and I don't know if you guys watch uh, Parks and Recreation, but Chris Pratt is uh, on there. He's like the main dude, and... Uh, or in Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm pretty excited about that. And they're rebooting the Fantastic Four, and uh, I guess that's kind of exciting. I guess whatever. I mean, Marvel's on fire right now, and everything they're doing is pretty rad. So I'll sit around and wait for a trailer. I think it'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, I don't think it can be bad. I think it can be kind of disappointing, but not bad. I think it's all going to be good. I think whatever it, oh, it, be they good. do, it'll be better than the the last ones because all I remember about the second Fantastic Four movie was the uh, the thing busting through a wall like the Kool Aid guy. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's clobbering time. <laughs> uh, this this is a while ago, but did you guys see the the? Uh, I guess it was the beginning of the month when uh, Patrick Stewart. Played the uh, China's Jade Rabbit Rover. No. No. So. How did I miss that? This is just another example of why Patrick Stewart is absolutely amazing. But it was uh, a bit he did for uh, The Daily Show. And the China's Jade Jade Rabbit Rover um, landed on the moon in December. And it suffered a mechanical control abnormality and... uh, They've been hoping to like fix the problem, but it kind of went into um, hibernation mode because of the lights and different things. They just was, weren't able to, to work on it. But the, the future, the, the outlook for the rover looks grim, so it might be done with its mission. But on The Daily Show, Patrick Stewart appeared in a bit dressed as China's Jade Rabbit rover, like oh, wow. looking like this satellite rover thing. And he does this like reading. So what, what the Chinese media has done is like they personified the rover and they did like journal entries of the rover. And they're all very kind of morbid and sad and serious and everything. So they have Patrick Stewart acting as the rover, talking like he's dying. It's hilarious and sad and amazing all at the same time. That's rad. Isn't this the rover? It like, the, I saw something about it. It tweeted its own death. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is okay. it. Yeah. Oh, he just uses gold these days. So he really he does. does is awesome. Yeah, I love Sir Patrick Stewart. So, pretty much anything. Well, I won't say that because I'm lazy. But uh, a lot What's of a- his awesomeness, I, I make sure to put on the site. 
Well, speaking of more Marvel movies and Patrick Stewart, obviously uh, X-Men Days of Future Past is coming out, and there's a lot of really rad-looking... I'm, I'm excited about the Sentinels in this movie because watching the cartoon and reading the comics growing up, those things were always really scary and massive and awesome. So I can't wait to see those things in action. But uh, it was really funny because when me and my brother were kids, we were always into the Marvel comics and stuff, and we always said, like, if they ever made an X-Men movie, they should totally get Patrick Stewart to be Professor X, and that is exactly what happened. Did you really say that? Oh, yeah, multiple times. We thought about that for years, and we laughed our asses off when we saw that he actually was Professor X. So you are now, in fact, assless. I have just this this gnarled, <laughs> gnarled, horrifying Freddy Krueger skin looking like rump. <laughs> <laughs> You said rump. I think that is a rogue planet first. <laughs> a rogue planet rump first. I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm, I know I get Maureen all hot and bothered talking about my Freddy Krueger-like ass. <laughs> well, that, that paired with your squirrel nuts as you... Well, the first time I met you, you described. And little oh. did you know, he only has one squirrel one, nut. One squirrel nut. Yeah. And it's one electric. Baby, it's electric. One little electric baby squirrel nut. Electric baby squirrel nut. Mm, wow. So there you go. I think so, we've we've helped you reinvent yourself as an as an air artist. Right. No, I think we and, finally found out a band name for us, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Baby Squirrel Nut. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's available. Yeah, no no, I already bought yep. the domain. Did you really? That's a long ass domain. <laughs> yeah, it's abbreviated. <laughs> to what? <laughs> to what? I want to uh, hear this. Uh work it out right now. Uh, it's electric baby squirrel nut, so it's just uh, E B S N, Ebsen. I'm sure that's taken. Well, I'm I'm searching this right now. <laughs> I'm calling your bullshit. Oh, hold on, hold on. It's open. AKA bot. Okay, I'm done with this. Let's go on to other important things. No, I, I'm I'm gonna look because I think you actually did buy that domain. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should jump into the interview because we've got a good interview here, and uh, we'll talk a bit about comics. And uh, it's fun to have our our buddy little little Ryan Spragles on. So uh, here is our interview with the creators of the comic Gwendolyn, Andrew and Joe. As well as our friend Ryan Sprague. Sprawl girl. All right. Caleb and I are here with our good buddy, Ryan Sprague, as well as Andrew and Joe. And Andrew and Joe have a fantastic new comic. And guys, why don't you just go ahead and start off by telling us what this comic is and what it's all about and uh, just kind of the story behind it. Cool. All right. Um, I'm Andrew. I'll take, I'll take the lead on that one. The book uh, is basically about a, a group of demon children that have been on the earth since the about the 1700s, and about 100 years ago, they struck a truce with their enemies to say that they would stop fighting each other. Now, that truce has been broken, and um, it's about this, our main character, Gwendolyn, kind of uh, reacting to that, and it, we kind of go from there, Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. So that's kind of, it's just about uh, this girl, demon girl, and uh, her people. 
Now, this is a, a new project for you guys, right? This is uh, just something that's that's just starting right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just releasing it now. Okay, and it, it, it comes out uh, in March. March, uh, what was the date? Yeah, March 5th. March 5th. And uh, before we go any any deeper, where where can people get this? Where should they go for more information about it? Uh, they'll be able to find the book on uh, Comixology. It's going to be released digitally on March 5th. And uh, it's going to be through the pu- a publisher called Alterna Comics, which is okay. a great okay. indie comic book publisher. Um, you can find them on Twitter at Alterna Comics. And uh, you can find them at alternacomics.com. Um, they put out a lot of other great books, a lot of stuff that's very similar to the kind of feel that Gwendolyn has. Um, we're really excited to be working with them. So, yeah, you can find a lot of stuff there. You can find stuff on – we both have Twitters. I'm at Sanford minus Sun, and Joe's at – what are you at, Joe? I'm at uh, Joey Cabs. Joey Cabs. Uh, we're always trying to post fun stuff that we're doing, uh, like behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. That's awesome. I'll definitely follow you guys because I'm – I live on on Twitter and uh, the social media. <laughs> awesome. But I have uh, a question. Yeah, go for uh, it. So, so you say the comic is based on a demon girl. So um, how did you meet my ex girlfriend, and how is my cat? <laughs> oh man, it's. I think by having what uh, having several of my own. No, that's just that's a joke. <laughs> well, that was going to be my question. I mean, this is obviously I, based I, on I a true story, awesome. right? meeting little children not ex-girlfriends it was me meeting children they're all (laughs) every single last one of them children are evil (laughs) yeah i agree with you man Uh, every time i'm in the mcdonald's ball pit it gets really weird (laughs) um i hey guys it's ryan um hi ryan i've always been interested in in how andrew and joe like where the idea for the comic came from and how it came into uh, into fruition, I guess. Um, would you guys want to give us a little history of how the project started? Uh, sure. I had uh, I had written a story. I had tried to do a um, a short comic uh, where I wa- I just wanted to do like a single issue where it was kind of a older like horror comic type story, like a Tales from the Crypt type thing. And uh, I actually had another artist. Uh, his name's Tom O'Brien. He's a great up and coming artist. He drew it. Um, and so that was kind of like a first issue. And then I ended up kind of putting it on the shelf for a little bit and not uh, going back to it for a while. It just didn't have the uh, right kind of feel yet. Um, I think I was still trying to figure out which story I was trying to tell. And then I kind of presented the script to Joe and Joe started, uh, asking questions, which was great. He started trying to get me to tell you, he was like, well, why, uh, who is this character? Where does she come from? What? Are there other people like her? And it just kind of, it got my creative juices going. And then um, luckily we work together. <laughs> um, uh, we're uh, bartenders and we would have time at work to just kind of go over everything and he would sketch things out. And yeah, that's kind of how the, ge- kind of the genesis of it all. Oh. So how so long have you guys been doing uh, comics in any way, shape, or form? I mean, I know this one is, like, web-based, but have you ever tried to do anything, like, print-wise? Yeah, I've tried to do some stuff, but it's all independent. A long time ago, I used to work with this guy, uh, Sean Gorman, who did uh, Secret Adventures with Dini, which is a really good book. You should check it out. And I used to pencil and draw with him. 
And then I stopped for a while. And then when I saw Andrew again, he started talking about it. It reminded me of those things uh, we were working on back then, the hood, which never got made. But we have all the art for it. Uh, it got me hungry to do something. So that's why it was awesome meeting Andrew at that perfect time where I wanted to get back into drawing again. Yeah, it was. I always found it interesting when the writer of a comic, how he finds his artist and how they collaborate together. It's something I'm not used to as a, a playwright, which is sort of a very uh, alienating thing and not that collaborative. So, um, yeah, I think I've always been intrigued to hear how how the how an artist and a writer can work together. I know Caleb, you 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 produce your own comics as well. Um, do you ever have any issues with that, like discrepancies with your artist, or do you, you do both? Right? Yeah, I do everything myself. I just uh, I, I've worked with people doing different things over the years, and my biggest problem was just waiting on people. And I figured, like, I, I had the, the base skills kind of there, so might as well just kind of hone it and do it. So I've got the, the clerkchronicles.com, and it's all music and comics and futuristic lonely nerd that's totally not ever going to find a futuristic girlfriend.net. So. Autobiography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. It's me, but even less cool. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think anybody uh, illustrated is cooler automatically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks he like looks he has even more of a vitamin D deficiency than I do. He's like really pale. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, these guys did a uh, a Kickstarter for to raise money to produce their first comic, and uh, one of the prizes they offered was to to be killed by one of the characters in the comic. So that was pretty cool. Seeing some of our New York friends here being murdered by some of the Gwendolyn crew. Um, Joe did an awesome job with that. And um, yeah, it's always interesting to see how someone interprets, uh, interprets someone in their own artistic form. So I'm getting a little artsy. Sorry guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well done. I mean, I think that's a, uh, yeah, that's a great job guys. I think that's a really unique uh, perk there and uh, really I'm fascinated by the whole world of of crowdfunding projects like this. And when you can find something special like that to offer as one of the perks, um, you're well on your way and and above other projects. There's so many projects out there that, you know, say, yeah, Yeah. you'll get the final final project project. whenever we get around to putting it out. And that's really it. But, you know, incorporating people into the project, that's really sweet. Um, so what are your, what are your uh, goals after this initial uh, issue comes out? Are you going to continue it? What, what, what is, what's the, uh, the well, we have, look like? like? We have the first volume, uh, which will be actually – there will be uh, printed copies that will be coming out at the end of March. Nice. nice. Uh, that will be limited mainly to the people who donated on Kickstarter. Right. Who we can right. just thank real quick on there. That was like one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life. I bet. I bet. Yeah. But it was awesome. it was nice. Yeah, it was great to get all that support at the end of the day. Um, so there'll be the printed copies. We're definitely working on something right now. I would definitely I wouldn't want to say too much just in case to spoil it for anybody who's maybe listens to this and wants to go read the first volume first. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely more uh, to be told. Yeah, more to be told. There's definitely more story there. And I will be the the uh, the spoiler here, and I will announce that. 
what more is coming is that Ryan Sprague is adapting this for the theater. Oh, man. <laughs> and he's going to perform as the main character, but with his shirt off. The whole time. Ryan Sprague will play Gwendolyn. Yeah. <laughs> my, my most exciting thing is I have a niece and I, I really wanted to like, hope like kids are into comic books now, which is crazy. Yeah. And that stuff is cool. And going to comic cons is cool, but girls don't get a lot of like, weird stuff to go to comic-con as you know right, what i mean they don't right. get to get anything guys have all kinds of like cool little weird quirky characters girls have some of that stuff but not enough i don't think like so i thought something like that would be a cool like that gwendolyn's something that my niece when she's like 12 to or like 10 to 13 or 14 can go to comic-con dressed as mm-hmm. yeah it's not slutty or anything like that yeah she's just being weird and powerful and yeah. you know disturbed yeah, yeah. And disturbed and she can do she can do some business yeah Sometimes I, I feel like comic-con is just like those girls that it's like it should be halloween every day and every day i'm gonna be the slut <laughs> yeah but you're you're right there really aren't characters there for yes. for women for girls and i mean the people who do it and do it well and don't don't go down the slutty route um you know they get creative. You know they're they're like female Darth Vaders and female stormtroopers, oh, and yeah. you, you know taking on the male roles. But there isn't like strong a lot of strong female characters they can dress as. Totally, I've yeah I've seen some awesome uh, female Thor and Loki's at some comic cons. <laughs> like really like tough looking like covered in armor girls. Bearded. The other the thing that sucks is it's it's not even their fault that there's not a lot of right. like, reasonable things for them to dress as. It's the it's the uh, lens that gets yeah. I, I, I mean, I love seeing the creativity that comes out of it, and you know the role reversals that happen. You know, you'll see the uh, the like slave Leia, but you'll see like a man dressed as slave Leia, and then you'll see like a, a female Han Solo, and I, I don't know that like the, get very the man, creative with it. Yeah, exactly. The man that looks like or the man dressed as slave Leia just yes. basically is Jabba as slave Leia. <laughs> So um, I know that you guys are talking about embracing social media quite a bit. Have you guys heard of the service Patreon? No. no. Uh, I'm kind of immersed no. in the webcomic uh, realm by default of me making my uh, nerdy comic about my dude with a vitamin D deficiency. And there's this uh, website called Patreon. It's basically like Kickstarter, but it's more um, people can kind of sign up to quote-unquote tip you or just give you small amounts of money and they can kind of give you like a dollar here or two bucks here or something like that and it kind of incrementally goes throughout the month and they can set up how much they want to pay and they can set up like a a maximum and a minimum amount so you might want to check it out it's just p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com and uh super cool just check it out they've received a lot of attention lately um they're actually one of the main sponsors of the huge uh what's become huge uh conference convention for online video called VidCon that happens every year in Anaheim. Um, And the people who put that on have really, really promoted that service um, and they use it. So yeah, it's, it's really become a huge thing in, in supporting creativity online in the past year. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet, man. There's always something new popping up and it's really What's great is it's it's making it much easier uh, for independent creators to get our stuff out there. Like we make a joke a lot because this is uh, this will be Joe and I's first published work, and we're very proud of it. We're very happy. We think people are going to like it. And we think there's a lot of story there. But I tell a lot of people, I'm just like you know, I'm I'm kind of getting a 
a really nice looking resume made. <laughs> yeah. I can go to, I can, we can send it out to publishers and be like, Hey, we did this. You know, yeah, we, man. we got money for it and we got it printed and we got it looking nice. And we have the, the printed copy is going to have some guest covers in there that we got other people to do. And it's going to have the Kickstarter rewards in there. Um, so it's really, it was us trying to really build a portfolio of something Finish that we want to keep doing. Yeah. Totally. Finish something. That's a good point. I think, um, what I what I, what we notice here, and I'm sure you guys do too, um, in New York, is people constantly saying, you know, I've got I've got this, uh, I've got this great idea, but you know, it never comes to fruition. You know, they they have a million stories in their head, but they never get it down on paper. There's nothing to show for it, um, and I think that's what I found. So, uh, what I found, what I respected about. Joe and Andrew's work is the second they started telling people about it, there was already art done. There was already scripts written. Um, and it just goes to show like, you know, there are so many eager artists out there with stuff. Um, and it's just about getting noticed. And I think that's where the whole social media and digital comics, uh, that's the way we're heading. And, um, yeah, how do you guys feel about that? The whole digital comic thing versus print. I mean, as a writer myself, there's nothing like seeing your words and flipping oh, a page. Totally. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough because there's also always. I have I love I love digital comics. I think per, first of all, the idea that we're going to put out a comic book that's going to be released digitally that people can read in France or like Japan, like it can being digital already makes it instantly more accessible um but as far as the print comics go i don't think there will ever until i I, saying never is of course ridiculous but there's gonna be print comics for a long time because there's always gonna be people who love holding them in their hands there's always like these great like i have an um absolute edition of this uh, all-star superman book by grant morrison and it's this giant like it's the same pay, uh, size as the artwork. So it's this great, beautiful collection, and it's something that's supposed to be held in your hands. But like for somebody like Joe or I who buys comics on a regular basis, that takes up space. Yeah, tiny apartment. <laughs> like, I love getting single issues, and I get a few a week, and it's much easier to have them taking up space in my iPad. My phone. Than, yeah, than in my room. Well, can you imagine going to like a, a Comic Con or something like that, a co- comic book festival? And you're like going around to the booths, and you're all, "So, can I see your comic?" And you're all, "Man, the Wi-Fi sucks in this place. <laughs> I, I, I need to pull it up on my iPad to show you." Like, <laughs> that's that's yeah. the. That's the beauty of the the digital age, though, too, and the, and the dawn of the print on demand and the 3D printers. I mean, I know that's a little ahead of of where the comic books are going right now, but I mean, like. Just not being too able far to, off. Yeah, not, not too far off, but, but it's pretty great to just be like, okay, I need 15 copies for for press uh, for this con I'm going to, and just bam, 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 you can have them out in a week. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it also helps that, uh, especially for the artist, is um, seeing such a high resolution of your work um, digitally. I think it it lends the digital age lends itself very well to the artists. They're able to, um, to see their work the way it was always meant to be. Um, as there are limits when you're printing things hard copy wise. And, um, I think that's really liberating for the artist and really gets their, their true vision out there as well. Yeah. The HD can really make it pop. 
And we've all, I'd like to take a second. We have a, we have a third guy who works with us, our editor oh, yeah. and letterer is named Zach Block. And he is like our like Swiss army knife. Like we, I'll uh, do the scripts and then Joe does artwork on these beautiful, like these beautiful 11 by 17s. And then we have to scan it into this huge scanner that we have. And um, Zach kind of goes through and, makes all the like it's a black and white comic that Joe paints and he makes the paint pop just a, just a little bit more and he gets all the letters in there and it's real he's been so important to our process and you know he like he as my editor he'll he sews it all those. together totally yeah he sews it together makes it cohesive in search <laughs> yeah i think that's another thing is all the work that goes into a comic people never realize that you know it's it's the image, the words, the narration, and, you know, that's sort of a surface-level way of looking at it. But um, I've had the pleasure of sort of following these guys and looking over their shoulders as the comic evolved. And it's amazing the work that goes into an independent comic, um, the process. It's just... Yeah. I mean, just Joe's a, like, Joe, what, tell them what you... Because you do inks and pencils and paints. It has been a lot of fun. Now, if you would have asked me uh, two years ago if I've been doing this, I would say I would have no idea what you were talking about. Like what? <laughs> um, just the we we just had an idea and it was like, go do it now. Okay, we'll do this in a year. We have to do it in a year. That's what we're gonna do. So sitting down and drawing and figuring it out, putting it together. It was ridiculous now to think of it. It was ridiculous to do it old school and paint it, and it just takes so long. It's really messy. If I were smart enough, I would have started digital. <laughs> done it all digital and draw it all in there and did everything clean and it would have been 10 times faster but we started because we didn't know so it's all that's where those paint strokes and it looks all scratchy that's where that comes from that just sort of became the look of it so i like finding the style in the pace that we were just trying to keep up so then we could be done yeah and i'd be real proud that we crafted something in that moment well i think it's I think it makes think it, it makes unique it that it was done, done with paint and stuff like that because, I mean, the digital, digital era is really taking really over. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to say that you have this and it, it was like, you know. Yeah, that's cool, too. Done by all hand. I mean, that's awesome. We also gave away some of the uh, original pages as part of the. That's yeah, awesome. That's all... <laughs> Your parents gave one. I'm... My parents gave one. <laughs> <laughs> we gave, we one, gave one to the mailman. He didn't like it. <laughs> on it. But I mean, this is a hell of a lot of work. I mean, it's it's a long comic. I mean, and that just took you one year to do? Uh, Just about. I'd say a little less uh, than a year, but it was it from from concept to finished product, I would say about a year. And then we uh, sent it out to publishers and uh, Alterna got back to us because we knew, uh, or we had Sean Gorman. Sean yeah. Gorman uh, is Secret Adventures of Houdini, like Joe had said, which is another book at Alterna. Um, quick little plug. Check it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it was it was a there was a lot of it that was um, Joe's art, like he said, with the paint process that put a little uh, more work into it. But we also this was our first full length one and like we said it's about five issues it's one volume so a lot of yeah it was just a longer process there's a lot of us like figuring it out on the way yeah making the mistakes that just made it part of what it is totally but it was good you know it was a yeah 
the bumpy rides are the most rewarding. <laughs> well, you guys um, have an what? awesome project or, or product here, and I'm sure uh, you know it was, it was fun going through, and it's exciting. Uh, and I can't wait to see what uh, you know the life this thing takes on, and, and how it's received, and, and what happens next. So, super congrats, guys! I mean, this is this is huge, and uh, I think it looks great. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Well, do you guys have any plans to, uh, you know, get a get a booth or anything at like New York Comic Con or anything? Oh, we're starting to look at some conventions right now. It's, yeah. What's great is they just added another one. Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, that's going to be focusing mainly on comics. Uh, the tough part is with uh, the main like like New York Comic Con and mm -hmm. uh, uh, like I think Big Apple Con if they still do that is it's you know it's a lot of movie stuff now. It's a lot of right right your uh, booth selling bigger things than our comics. So it's some of those, and they have things like artist alley and stuff like that. There is booth space, but you got to get on it kind of quick. And we wanted to wait until we had, uh, physical copies to bring with us. Yeah. Like yeah. All sure. Stuff set yeah. and ready so we could give it to people like, and, um, but it's definitely, that's definitely on the agenda. And there's things like the mocha con, which is a smaller independent artist. Con. There's things out there. We intend to, I, I didn't want to be the guy who's like, Hey, I got a comic coming out and people are like, oh, well, when? And I'm like, give me, give me like five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. It's going to come out. So I wanted to be like, once it's out, you're not going to stop hearing from me. Yeah. <laughs> the well, smart that, business that, plan. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it's good to, to look at having a presence at, at these type of things because there are so many and, you know, there is such a cult following of still the, the, the print life of comics and so many people and it's, Kind of heartening to see, but uh, you know, still a lot of young kids go through these conventions and just go like booth to booth, looking, looking. at uh, uh, all the new art that's out, and, and you know, potentially yeah, buying a new comic and and becoming a fan of it. So, so it's a very it's, social industry, it seems, and so I, I think it's it is important to have a presence at at least some of those some, some of those conventions. Oh, sure, for real. Very good point. Yeah, and I, I should add, Jason, how I got connected with these guys. Um, I wrote a play with Andrew uh, about, what was it, like a year ago? Oh, geez. Maybe? Probably close to two. Well, close. yeah, like a year and a half, something yeah. like that. Something like that. Um, but even then, he was talking about Gwendolyn. And, I, you know, um, your first inclination is, yeah, everyone's got something they're working on. But I could just see how passionate he was about it, um, which was fantastic. Um but I had the pleasure and the honor to write the foreword for the print version of Gwendolyn, um, which was amazing. I got to really break it down and uh, really dig into it. And um, from a storyteller's point of view, I just I think Gwendolyn is really something unique. And like they said earlier, for a demographic that uh, – that's not used to that. You have a main protagonist who's what twelve? Well, well in human, in human. Yeah, years. <laughs> technically she's about two hundred and fifty. Right, three hundred fifty years old. Um, right, but uh, yeah, you have hers like a, just a young child because it, it's it. There is very much a, like an over the top uh, presentation to it. So we we, I wanted it to be accessible to it. Like a, it's a it's a young adult type book. Yeah, and then we have. Um, there's a lot of characters in it besides just Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn is the main focus, but then you have a character named Jerome Overstreet, 
which is a name that I got from a very good friend of mine. I'll just let that out there because I think it's one of the coolest names I've ever heard, last name-wise. He's going to flip out when he hears this. It's a real name. Um, But it's – so we have him who's uh, lost his niece to these godchildren. So there's that whole side story, and we have uh, just a lot of other characters like Gwendolyn that – there were 100 demons. Yeah, there's 100 of these demon kids. And some of the main ones, you can see – uh, the detail that goes into Joe creating uh, some of these characters because a lot, you know, I ca- I cannot draw for the life of me. So a lot of it was me saying to him what I had in my mind and him putting it through a reasonable filter and making it look nice and just coming up with these character designs that are unique. And I think that like when people, as was his intention, when people see these characters, they'll be able to recognize them uh, like easily. So what I'm getting here is the, uh, the the overall moral of this story is that technically it's okay if I say that I am attracted to Gwendolyn. I... <laughs> <laughs> no. Absolutely. No, what? no, come on, no. Joe. What? Uh-oh. I think you sparked a debate. She here. has my face. <laughs> <laughs> when drawing her expressions, I had to stare at a mirror, and all I had was my own face. So her face, that's not okay. cool. Okay, okay. I... I well, feel a little I'm weird about this stuff. Going, I'm going Take to thank it as you. a compliment. I like, your, I like the sound of your voice. <laughs> Gentlemen, pedophiles need comics too. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 No, we, That's a little farther, we, Ryan. Ryan. We work with Ryan. That's about as far as that goes. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is uh, I just I feel differently about you now, Joe. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I do too about myself. <laughs> I'm always going to think of you of that twelve little twelve year old girl. You really are. <laughs> oh man, uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, now that so, we yeah, made it completely I, I, awkward, I would hey, like to again doubly oh. congratulate you guys because I I know how exciting a road it is and fulfilling it is to. You know, see something realized. It's been a passion project, something you're very, very much, uh, you very much believe in. Come to fruition after you know a year, more than more than a year, multiple years of uh, envisioning something. So, double congrats, guys! I think this is exciting, and uh, thanks again thank for coming on, man. I appreciate it, and oh, thanks uh, for I, having I us. Certainly, you. wish you guys the best, and we'll follow thank up you. with you and uh, and see how things are going once this thing oh, takes love off. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. March fifth, book comes out. Alternative Comics, you can find it on Comixology. Uh, like I said, you can follow me at Sanford Minus Sun, and he's at Joey Cabs. And we really, if you guys, we promise you that if you read this and you enjoy it, which I think you will, there definitely will be more to come. All right, and I'll definitely uh, keep in touch with you guys, and uh, we'll get something up on Rogue Planet, too, so people can uh, check this out. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Later. Well, that was fun, and super thanks to those guys for taking the time to talk to us all the way from New York City. New York City? Get a rope. Yeah, it was fun uh, talking about comics. We haven't done that too much on the show yet, so, uh, yeah, good luck to Andrew and Joe, man. They've got an ambitious project here, but uh, I think they're doing all the right things, and uh, certainly wish them luck. We'll follow up with them to see how things go for them. And while we're talking about comics, Caleb, let's get back to talking about The Clerk. I know you've been making some progress with that, and we played a couple of The Clerk songs on 
the Rogue Planet podcast so far. I think we should play another one. Yeah, man, we can do that. Uh, if anybody is just now starting to listen to the podcast, uh, I've been working on this project for a good long time. I used to have another band called the Nova Echo that was kind of themed around this character of the clerk, but now I'm kind of taking it back to what it initially should have been, and it's this uh, kind of webcomic multimedia experience. I've got a music that you can download for free. Just go to theclerkchronicles.com, and I've got the uh, webcomic up rolling, and there's a link for the music if you want to download that. And, and we have uh, a gigantic banner ad for it on RoguePlanet.tv, too. So you have no excuse to not find your way to the Clerk website. Yeah. But uh, recently I released the uh, the five-song Clerk EP, but then I did a kind of a one-off song that just kind of came to me that I enjoyed a lot, and it's called Metric, A Theory of Gravity. And I believe we're going to play that for you right now. So roll that beautiful bean footage, Jason.
song made me touch myself it it has that effect on only men <laughs> i think that's who it's geared for uh yeah i don't i wrote it and i don't even know i oh. don't think so i mean i'm usually i'm not gonna say i have never written a song to uh to get a girl's attention because that would be a lie i think if you had done the very white acapella version we were talking about earlier that that maybe it would attract more of the female audience hey girl i'm a space alien from the future hashtag 27 and single. Hashtag may or may not live with his parents. Hashtag real life hashtags. I revoke that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only guy that could mess up Barry White. Uh, you pulled it off all right. You don't usually have uh, the Barry White voice going, but you've got it tonight. Yeah. It's only because I'm recovering from a cold. Well, I hate... But also love to rub it in your face, but it was a terrible 82 degrees today here. Oh, yeah. It, was... it really wasn't that bad. It was like 60 here, man. Oh. I could deal with that, but yeah. So why do you have you, a cold? Because it's the winter, and, and apparently the Purell I buy is not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, Mr. Hot Shot, Mr. Hot Shit. Hot Shit. <laughs> Mr. Steaming Pile. <laughs> You you recently okay so both of you guys are. I would like now. to to take that uh, comment of steaming pile of shit and <laughs> point out that there was a wonderful article that came out today oh, talking yeah. about how Hyundai is going to have a car that runs on poo. <laughs> Can you imagine watching people fill those up at the gas station? Well, and somebody responded when I posted on Twitter with the greatest comment. And, that, you know, The Walking Dead is like, you know, they're driving Hondas in that show. Is that yeah. they don't have to worry about ga- like running out of gas anymore. Wow, that would be amazing true. if they got one of those on The Walking Dead. <laughs> then they're like up there shitting in the car. Like, who's got to oh, go now? Yeah, exactly. It's like, that would be a really great suspense. You see him up there squatting with his crossbow and he's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Norman Reedus <laughs> is standing hey, there like. Hey, I don't like to talk about Norman Reedus doing anything other than looking awesome. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a man's man. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, you wait till he's shitting in a gas tank. <laughs> 
They have to convert it to hydrogen gas first, guys. So yes, so yes, so the fart first. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna work if you just shit directly into a gas tank. Well, they I need to work on their 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 science here because that's really the ultimate. <laughs> if all you gotta do is climb on top of your car and squat. Climb on top. Is like, the gas tank going to be on top of the car? Yeah, now? I think so. Because think about Back to the Future. I oh, mean, yeah, that's I that's where it was yeah, when he put I the garbage in. You got this thing you pull open and drop a, drop a load. So can't wait to see Christopher Lloyd shit in the Mister Fusion. Beats <laughs> <laughs> vegetables. Speaking of Back to the Future, though, did you see like a little while back they had the special edition shoes that that looked like the ones that laced up by themselves, but now they are actually coming out with the shoes that lace themselves. They do up. lace. Yes, yeah. I saw yeah. that. That's awesome. That, that is. I can't wait to not have girls talk to me while I'm wearing those at the bar. <laughs> and I did see a, rec- a recent photo of uh, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox together. That was kind of cool. Like seeing family reunions like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't go too far, Caleb, because I had a guy show up at a Halloween party at my old house once, and he um, was dressed as Marty McFly. And... Uh, you know, all the girls were running towards them. I'm not kidding. Hmm. I'll have Big to try attraction. that sometime. I actually do have uh, I, I have a hat that's very similar to the one that his kid wore, like the rainbow weird, like kind of holographic hat. Yeah, I have that. I don't know how I got it. I guess I, I should also preface that um, he was actually driving a DeLorean though too. So Are you serious? That, that may have something to do with it. Oh, Orange what an Fest, asshole! DeLorean. Yeah. yeah, what an asshole! I. I asked my roommate, who is that? Is that guy single? <laughs> oh, man. See, that's all I got to do is get a DeLorean, jam some power of love, and drive around with a life preserver on. Yeah, the problem is you wouldn't get to where you're going. The thing would break down on you. Yeah, probably. There was a guy that had a DeLorean. No, actually, okay, this is here's another weird just cosmic story from the vault. So I was on the phone. My girlfriend was dumping me. Lots of stories start like this for me. I was on the phone. My girlfriend was breaking up with me, and I was just so bummed out. And I'm sitting in the Toys R Us parking lot because that's when that's where you have to hit rock bottom. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, my my la- the wind's going out of my sails." And then this Back to the Future DeLorean with a Mister Fusion built onto it, complete replica, what? pulls up in the car next to me and just sat there, and I'm like. Oh my God! Doc Brown is coming to you, here to tell me, "Don't worry about it. She was a total bitch anyway." She was your mother. <laughs> she, she was your mother, honey. No. Oh my God! Maybe that's why he's like, "You don't." Okay, look, I I picked her up one night from the future. I didn't, or from the past. I didn't know she was your mom. I had to get you out of this situation. It's like you remind me a lot of my mom. That's why I have like Oedipus complex and weird issues now. Thanks, Doc Brown. I'm sorry that happened, guys. I'm I'm more sorry that it happened, Caleb. Seriously, you need a hug. Oh no, it's cool. Um, oh, but Jer- Jerry Seinfeld on his uh, web series "Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee" did an episode where uh, one of the cars he was in was a DeLorean, and of course it's a piece of shit and it like breaks down, and they they've got like a backup DeLorean waiting. Oh wow! So they 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 eventually have to get in the second DeLorean. Sorry, spoiler alert, but yeah, what's, they, they. What's that, Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, that's my backup DeLorean. There, there's an actual DeLorean club in Phoenix. Do you have one in, uh, at, wait, North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. it's Asheville. Asheville. Yeah, uh, I almost said Nashville. <laughs> Nashville. We, we get called Nashville all the time. Um, 
we would have to because I see them all over the place. And there aren't but, that many, so that's interesting. Well, I found out that the the reason that I saw Doc Brown that day was because there's like there was a guy in town that was like building like Back to the Future replica uh, DeLoreans with the Mister Fusion and the flex capacitor in the back and it, like the whole shebang. And he was like coming through town for like a car show or something, so he had like a bunch of them. But yeah, there's like people that make a living doing that shit. I've got a bunch of DeLoreans. What am I going to do with all these damn DeLoreans? <laughs> Start a club. Whee! <laughs> all right, so back to stroking my ego. Oh, yeah, I forgot that we were totally just going to just uh, give you an, an on-air. Uh, never mind. Anyway, no. so my buddy, my buddy Jason here, everybody, that you might know from such things as the Rogue Planet podcast <laughs> and, uh, and spacing out with Marin Ellsbury. Um, he he now what has another. Where are you from? I know. What, how do you pronounce my name? I always call you Marin Ellsbury when when you're not around, which is ninety percent of the time. But she's around now, and Tell here me. you are. What do you this. call her? Uh, Marin Ellsbury. <laughs> okay. Close enough. Mar. Okay, Marine. What the hell kind of alien name is that? So, Jason, you speaking of aliens are on a new UFO show. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that, you little bastard? You. Nope. You're you are ruining the podcast single handedly. <laughs> Ruin. Yes, absolutely. Well, I will tell you as much as I know. And uh as all of us know, because we're all famous celebrities, uh with television you have no idea what to expect until it actually airs. I've never seen even remotely what will be the, the fine final product. I just know what I shot. And uh I shot eight episodes, so the series is eight episodes long. I should be in all eight episodes. It's called Hangar One, The UFO Files, and it's about the automotive industry and how uh, there's a push to bring DeLoreans back to the market. Come on, it's about the vodka. <laughs> it's about well, that is the people. funny thing. So, yes, it's about UFOs, but as I pointed out to the producer, who didn't know at this time... There was a vodka company called Hangar One. So I went out and bought a bottle of Hangar One vodka because I'm going to be on a show called Hangar One. But uh, I told them they should get Hangar One as a sponsor. So I, I don't think they listened to me, but well, few people ever, ever do. But anyway, the show I- is, is a UFO show. It's sort of in partnership with MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. And uh, it's talking about various – it's mainly talking about a lot of conspiracy stuff, a lot of, you know – did Eisenhower meet with aliens? Um, talking about secret governments, underground bases, all sorts of interesting topics. So I get to be one of the talking heads on this series, one of the featured talking heads. There are eight episodes we go through. They do some recreation. They have actors come in and recreate these cases. Um, so it's an interesting show. It should be well done. It's on, uh, it's done by history. It's on H2, history's second channel, H2, H2, H1 on H2, Hangar 1 on H2. And when um, is, uh, when's that and uh, airing? It, uh, it premieres this Friday, so Friday the 28th, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, and then work your way backwards as you go west. So, um, yeah, that's this Friday. 
And then new episodes are supposed to air every week after that until all the episodes have aired. So it airs right after Ancient Aliens. Well, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And we'll take another call right now. Okay, George Nori. All right. Well, uh, let me brush my cookie crumbs out of my mustache. West of the Rockies, you're on Coast to Coast AM. And uh, when when does your show uh, air, Marin? I mean, I know it's already on TV, but when does it? When does it? It airs well, all the all time. The time. It's crazy part. And this is exciting. Her show is going to be part of the Science Channel's "Are We Alone?" Week, March second through whatever the sixth, whatever that week is. Um, and for those who don't know, "Are We Alone?" Week is probably the Science Channel's coolest week of the year. And I'm not just saying that because my show's going to be on it, but because. It's dedicated to all alien UFO programming. So you have yeah, NASA's got, unexplained files. They've got great stuff on there. The work. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, exciting. And then we'll figure out whether the show goes on further and whether we finally find a permanent channel home. Yeah, her show's kind of badass at the moment because uh, it's so well-received that they keep bouncing it around. It's been on three different networks now, so that's really cool. Well, look at you, Mrs. They, Fancy Pants. You know, they just don't know what to do with me. That's right. <laughs> Too much to handle. You're like a car that you have to shit in to drive. You just don't know what to do with it. No, oh, I think that's God, pretty straightforward. I, I, I think you know what to do with a car you have to shit yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's not <laughs> well, what I'm like. Yeah, well, no, you're not like that. With the car that you have to shit in, it's like you know what you have to do. You just don't want to. <laughs> And where do you do that? Are they going to be like shit stations? Like, no, it's it's got awful. a it's got a curtain that pulls up from out of the car, and just you wrap it around the car while you shit in it. It's like uh, so da- Daniel's Halloween costume on Karate Kid. He's like that shower thing. Like there's a ring, and you like pull the curtain around. So wait, what happens if if you break, you run out of gas, so to speak, and uh, you have no gas you, yourself? You, you, you yeah, you <laughs> you're dry you yourself. So you, do you wave down a fellow car and be? Excuse me. No, I think I think yeah, you you call a, uh, a a burrito truck or something. Then you have to wait around for yeah. A couple hours. Can you imagine that you're broken down on the five hundred one? Excuse me. Does anyone have? Oh, to that's shit? amazing because instead of you'd have a, like a whole new industry. Like instead of tow truck drivers, you, you'd have like these shit companies. You like call them and they come no. and they, like this big guy gets out this of the truck terrible. and he's all. No, stop. Yeah. Don't even, don't even stop. No, he, I, I hear stop. you need a need a pitch. I know what I'm going to do for a living. I'm going to drive around the, on, the side, on the side of the interstate on a moped and eat a bunch of fiber. Just, <laughs> just said Grover Feard. Grover. Yes. Have Cro- we talked about Grover Feard on the podcast yet? We haven't, you know, not since we put up the episode on the site. We have not talked about the amazing Grover. <laughs> wow, I dropped the ball Grover. on that. So, okay, uh, it, Rogue Planet listeners, uh, we've developed our first original cartoon series. Uh, With many more in the works, mind you. But, yes. Uh, yes, yes, go ahead. With many more in the works. And uh, this was a show that I did a, a, a pilot for, I guess, five years ago, and I showed it to Jason when we were uh, out west last year, and I just said, why the hell not revive this little guy? It's the adventures of, and, and this is kind of a bizarre concept, but it's the idea that if you have never seen the uh, movie Cloverfield, or if you have seen the Cloverfield movie, it's the monster from Cloverfield in an alternate universe where he's like kind of like a dog slash preschooler, and, uh, and yeah. He uh, his his nemesis is Baby Katuru, 
who is a small Cthulian squid monster who likes to give his signature move the flying butt cheek surprise. So uh, it's uh, it's on the website and uh, just check it out. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Unless <laughs> and, and there's aliens and and caca jokes and caca. So. You know, I'm not a huge caca joke fan. It which this podcast may beg to differ today. But uh, when I watched it, I watched it at the office. And uh, there was a mixture of uh, revulsion and laugh-out-loud moments watching it. <laughs> yes, well, if you exactly are a so fan of scatological humor, Grover Peter is right up your alley. Wow, this has been a... This, this episode has been a real pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it absolutely has, and I hope people have enjoyed that. And if not, don't worry. If you listen to the previous episodes, you know that we don't always focus completely on feces. It is a recurring theme, but... Uh, Everybody yeah. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, Maureen has really cracked I, up this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's like cake. You, you, don't, you don't want it every meal. That's right. <laughs> Well, let's wrap it up, guys. want to thank again Andrew, Joe, and Mr. Ryan Sprague for being on the show today. And thanks, Maureen, for jumping in today and, uh, I guess, ruining the show. Yeah, sorry I crashed your party. Thanks <laughs> I had, for uh, I had, I had letting fun. me do so. <laughs> yes, thanks. it was fun. And it's good to do the show again. We've been away for a while, but uh, we'll try to get more regular. We'll, we'll uh, eat some more fiber. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll Power be back soon. Cars. Yeah, that's right. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the Rogue Planet podcast. Again, I am Jason McClellan, and my buddy is usually Caleb Hanks. He's a regular fiber eater. Hello. There you go. All right, guys, we'll see you again next time. Good night, everybody. Good night.